Well, welcome to the Greenhouse Podcast, Conversations to Cultivate Dynamic Growth. We're in the fifth and final teaching in the Life-Giving Discipleship Series. This really is a great commission, isn't it? It is a great commission. It (laughs) really is. It is fantastic to be talking with you, but it's been amazing to be talking about the great commission with you. Yeah, so good. You know, as a church, we really want to be on the cutting edge of discipleship making, don't we? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And so in this series, we've spoken about engaging with people and culture, first of all, and how that is all of our responsibilities. I accept the responsibility. I share my story. Mm. I develop a relationship. I share my story. Mm -hmm. We see them come to know Jesus. Mm. Um, We establish them in biblical foundations. That's our second um, step that we, through pathway, through following Jesus, Mm. that they are established into Jesus' work Mm. and Jesus' way. Yes. Um, And then thirdly, we talked about in our last episode how we equip believers for ministry. That's right. And we do that primarily at Garden through Planted. That's right. We equip them to be able to go and minister when they have only just been saved. That's right. Established into biblical foundations. And then we equip them to be ministers. The, the thought that comes straight out from there is that when Jesus does a work in us, it's not a dam, mm. it's a river. So mm. this person has got saved, we're putting mm. the foundations down on that, but straight away allowing them to let that river come out of their life, not as a dam, not be dammed up, but to become a river. So, so very good. vitally important is number four step in this the step of making disciples, which yes. is empowering disciples to make disciples. Wow. When you say that to me, it sounds like then multiplication becomes possible. Well, this is the amazing thing about Jesus' model is that, and once again, this is all about Jesus. This is how yes. he did discipleship. That's right. This is not John or Naomi. This is just the model shown to us by Jesus. That, yeah, we should have been saying that all the way through this series, yeah. but it's so important to know that we are just echoing what we saw them see the master doing. Yeah. And so he invites, first of all, 12 and then 120, potentially 100, so, you know, 70 people at the end when Jesus ascended to this commission, this great commission. And, and even before Jesus ascended, he begins to empower his disciples to go out into villages. He begins to release them to ministry. Mm. He not only equips them, this is how you, you pray for people, this is how you teach, this is how you minister to people, but then he empowers them to go out into the villages and ultimately to the world with this message wow. of hope. So you... you- you know, we see through Jesus's life that it was through those three, those twelve, those hundred and twenty or yes. seventy mm. that we are now standing here today. We're here today, because of the impact of them, and that's the power yes. of empowering disciples to make disciples. That's right. So in Luke nine one and two, we see when Jesus had called the twelve together. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So he's the son of God, right? If anybody had a a place 
yeah. to dominate. Be a control yeah, freak. To, um, <laughs> um, yeah, ministry. He's the son of God. Yeah. He is the word of God. But straight away, even in his lifetime, he is saying, hey, you have the power. You yes. have the authority. You have been given an anointing to go into the world, to make disciples, casting out demons, diseases, send them out to preach. You know, Jesus modeled an empowering leadership style. He was never content for the disciples to simply follow him as spectators, but he was intent on empowering them to do what he'd been doing all along. Mm. (laughs) He went as far to say this, that even greater things will you do than I've done. Wow. <laughs> Talk about amazing. empowering. John 14, 12. Wow. So in order for us to empower disciples, to make disciples, we must understand four principles about empowering. Great. So firstly, empower as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah, this is this is amazing. Acts 9 tells the story of a man who in a matter of days went from Saul persecutor to Paul the preacher. Mm. <laughs> Wow. Uh, imagine if the guy who was training Paul, who first discipled Paul, had told Paul that he needed to wait several years to mature before he could preach the gospel. Yeah. How different would the story of the church in Acts be? Wow. And so when we're thinking, when we're talking today, mm. we want you, listener, to be thinking about that person that you are discipling, that mm. you've seen established into biblical foundations, mm. that you've seen them um, equipped to be a you know a minister. to be a minister, they're now you know they're now serving on a team, or mm. they're now a part of your small group, or they're now helping um, you in your ministry area. Mm. You want to empower them as quickly as possible to be a minister themselves. That's right. So Acts nine one to two eighteen to twenty says. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. So this now is this verse is verse one. one. <laughs> yes. So we're going to go on this journey about how quick mm. Saul, now Paul, known as Paul. Um, was empowered, right? Mm. So we have in Acts 9 verse 1, he's breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, the way means Christians, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So here he is breathing out murderous threats. He wants to kill Christians. Then we skip over to verse 13. Can After I, can he I had an there? encounter. So he's had an encounter, which we, is, we don't read here, but he's had an encounter. And he's gone from Saul into Paul. God's yes. called him. He's mm. he's seen Jesus. Yes. He's seen God. He's had an encounter. And now he's now mm. um, now operating under the new person he is in Christ, yes. which is Paul. Mm. And he, is, he has been called. So it says in 13, after God, you know, reveals himself to him, he gets up. He got up and was baptised. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Okay, there we go. That's how quickly, several days with the disciples in Damascus. Mm. And then we skip over to verse 20. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah, amazing. So we see empower as quickly as possible and secondly, establish and equip Sorry, establishing and equipping precedes empowering. Yeah, so you think of what we've been building on Mm. already in the series. So we're establishing biblical foundations, then Mm. equipping, you know, telling people about how they can be a minister, 
that comes before empowering, releasing people. Mm. We just don't want to really, hey, here, run a small group mm. um, where there's no biblical foundations. Yes. Um, so empowering people to take ministry responsibility without proper training and well-established foundation is both unwise and unfair because it sets them up to fail. So while we want to empower quick, quickly, we must never empower someone before they are equipped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Through Paul, though Paul, Paul began to preach almost immediately after his conversion, he did spend several days with the believers in Damascus being established and equipped before he began to preach. Mm. So we read in Acts 9, 18 to 20, he got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. And then we read about that. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. So thirdly, we find out that equipping follows empowering. That's right. So, so we just we just said, you yeah. know, in step two, yes, that establishing and equipping precedes par- empowering. Comes so it comes before, yes, but then it also comes after empowering. That's right. So, do you want to read that scripture there yeah. again, Jesus? So we we read it earlier on. It's Luke nine one to two and ten. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. Yeah, so this is um, potentially a big weakness in the empowering process is Mm. that we get somebody to to do something, to lead a ministry, mm. but there's not ongoing equipping or training. Mm. And what Jesus, when he was raising his disciples, he, he established them, mm-hmm. he equipped them, mm. empowered them, sent them out. Then they would come back, as we just read, and he would debrief with them. He'd mm. talk with them of how they could, how well they did, the mm. challenges they had, how they could do, you know, better potentially. After equipping, empowering, and sending them out, Jesus always had debriefing sessions when his disciples returned. They reported victories and defeats. They asked questions. Once again, this is part of the process. Yeah. Jesus corrected their lack of faith in their selfish attitudes. Mm. The equipping process did not end when they were empowered. Mm. It continued and intensified after they were empowered. So what we're talking about here in our context is we want to create an environment where people are nurtured to grow in their faith, which means conversation, which means relationship, which means doing life with people. It's not just getting people to do a task. Yes. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. It's people being released into their God calling. Mm. And let's let's talk about how you you can grow in that area of your faith. Let's, you you know, let's uh, talk dialogue together. So it's very important. It's so powerful. So powerful. And really it shows us, which is our fourth point, that empowering is necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Often the underlying fear behind our hesitancy to empower disciples is the fear that they'll make mistakes in ministry. Mm. Mm. Of course they will. Mm. <laughs> of course. Have Peter... you ever made a mistake in ministry? <laughs> <laughs> Peter I made a mistake in the Bible. Yeah. John, John did. Paul did. 
We we have yes, many. many. We could write books, yes. <laughs> books of books of mistakes. But that's the point. Mistakes in ministry are not optional. They're required. Mm. As leaders, it's important to create empowering environments where believers are encouraged to take risks and make mistakes in an effort to make disciples. In these kind of environments, disciples can learn from their mistakes, be equipped and encouraged, and try again. Love that. Once again, in our performance-driven culture, we put pressure, unnecessary pressure on this end product that is kind of perfection. Yes. But the way of discipleship is we're growing. Yes. We are growing, growing in our anointing, growing in our calling, Mm -hmm. growing in our gifts, growing in our God grace, and we're being released into that. Even yeah. if it means that along the way we're making mistakes, yes. there's a person beside me that's not going to bail out on me because yeah. he's, he or she's my disciple yeah. and I'm going to give it a go. They're going to help me. I'm going to be humble enough to receive correction or encouragement one or the other. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful thing that happens. And we're really believing at Garden yeah. to have a whole church full of people who say, you know what? I'm up for this. Yes. I'm up for life-giving discipleship. Yes. I'm up for being the one to be discipled, but I'm yes. also up to be the one who disciples others. Other people. Who absolutely. goes on this journey yeah. of, of seeing people equipped, empowered. Yes. Um, and so how do we do this at Garden? How do we empower disciples to make disciples? Yes. Well, a lot of people would say, well, it, it, it just happens organically. Well, it, it, it does. It does. But also... God gives us a brain mm-hmm. and God gives us the word of God. So our number one strategy mm. in garden to to create an empowering culture of discipleship mm. is even what we're doing right now. This is in the context of greenhouse. Yes. Greenhouse is the banner of the pipeline of both leadership yes. makers and discipleship makers. Yes. I it, love it's that. an intentionality of creating like greenhouse in the natural mm-hmm. <laughs> where you put those little seeds in those little pots yes. and you see them develop in that heated hot room, you know, the greenhouse. Yeah. Um, in the natural, that's what it does. It, it, it cultivates dynamic growth. Yes. Well, God spoke to us. Let's be frank about it. God spoke to us about greenhouse, mm. that it would be an environment that nurtures dynamic disciple makers. Yes. Leaders is another another word for the same thing. People yeah. that influence people for kingdom purpose. And that's what greenhouse is. Yes. There's an intentionality of discovering disciple disciple makers and leaders of growing them and then also supporting them, which is about empowering and releasing yeah. them. Look, I think of all the things that we are called to and we feel passionate about at this stage in our church journey. It is raising leaders, empowering disciples to make disciples. So if you're a young person who's listening along to this podcast, we would encourage you to throw yourself into Greenhouse Mm. and the discipleship process that that is because our heart is to empower you to make disciples because 
the multiplication effect of that in the generations to come yes. is is limitless Absolutely. to what God can do if we can be a people, a church committed to empowering um, disciples to make disciples. Yeah. Then, oh my goodness, what could God do in and through us? Absolutely. I think we should end with where we began in this series, yes. which is the Great Commission. Yes. This is a calling, which was la- Jesus's last words on earth. We yeah. want his last command to be our first priority. Yes. To go into the world, yes. make disciples of all nations, not to draw a crowd. Yeah. That, that, that's not our mandate, mm. but to make disciples. Mm. We've really broken down, Amy, just through this journey of how we believe we can do that, mm. to break it down. How do you make a disciple? Well, first of all, we engage people in culture. Yes. Once they're saved or... They're stepping into salvation. Mm. We don't want to leave them there. Yes. We, we want them to take the next step yep. in, in this great commission. Mm-hmm. We want to establish them in biblical foundations. Yes. So we're aware of what that step is. Yes. That we're establishing them in biblical foundations. Thirdly, we're equipping them to minister. Yes. We, we want that river to flow in them. Yeah. <laughs> Out of their belly should flow rivers of living water. That's what we want to equip them to be ministers. Yes. And fourthly, we want to release them to make a mark on their world to raise disciples themselves. So powerful. Well, I have just loved talking about this. Any time with you is a great time. What a privilege, hey, to Ah, be a part of talking about the Great Commission and making life and and life-giving discipleship within Garden Church. I'd love before, as we conclude this series, to pray for those people listening. Yes. They are precious people. They love Jesus. I pray there'd be something ignited in all of us to be a church that takes this command from Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, because we can't do any of this without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit with his help within us. I'm going to pray right now that something of heaven would come in our hearts, Mm. something of heaven's touch would come upon our church, Garden Church, for the empowerment uh, that he's called us to, to become disciple makers yes. in this season. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments. Thank you, Jesus. That we can talk about your heartbeat yes. for people. Yes. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love the world so much. Yes. Heavenly Father, that you gave Jesus. Heavenly Father, we want to be your hands and your feet, your heartbeat, the body of yes, Christ Lord. here on earth, even for us at Garden, here on the northern rivers, in Bunjalung country. Lord Jesus, we pray today, would you use us? Would yes. you use us as people that raise up people to follow you? Lord God, help us yes, to engage Lord. lost people. Help us, Lord God, to establish them in biblical foundation, yes. Yes, to Jesus. equip them to minister. Yes. Lord God, and to empower them to reach the world for your kingdom. Purpose. We need your power. We need your grace. We need your anointing. We need your authority. Just like you place authority on the disciples when you walk this earth, we need your empowering and your disciple, your empowering grace upon our lives. So come and fill us with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless you, friend, and can't wait to talk to you soon. Be blessed. Go and be life-giving.